There. How's that? That is a more adjustment required. <laughs> a little bit. We'll make it work. We don't want to peg out the the values. Indeed. No no risk of that here. I just want to make sure the uh, background noise is... Ah, uh, yes, right. I don't know. Noise values are going to be all over for this mm. one, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what the noise canceling feature of uh, Audacity does. I do like a challenge. Yes. Yes, you do. Welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff. You have two of us again this evening, Scouter Ken, and uh, sitting just across the way from me here is uh, Scouter Colin. Hello. Yes, there's a significantly less distance between us. I feel yeah. closer to you today than I have, <laughs> have in yes. a really long time. It's, so. been, uh, it's been quite, oh my gosh. So we're actually, we're sitting on my back deck which I think it's also Colin's first time seeing the back deck that we rebuilt mid uh, 2020. <laughs> I was going to say the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic uh, fill your time project <laughs> before um, before lumber prices got too insane. Mm-hmm. Although aluminum prices had already gotten insane, hence the uh, so the railings were what ah, they were. No, but that was the uh, no. It looks great. I'm, I'm I'm honored to be sitting on your deck. Yes, yeah, this in, is... Enjoying a uh, a water and, uh, you know, the atmosphere, so to speak, because it's been a while since you and I have been in the same place at the same time. I'm trying to figure out exactly when it was. To, to record, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, you and I have been in the... I've, I've swung by here and dropped stuff off, and we've seen each other, but yeah. uh, just in fleeting pass, passes more so than anything, really. Yeah, like, I... Uh, hmm. I got to think about this, because... Well, it was... If I had to guess, our last in-person episode was probably 93, episode 93. Yeah. And that was would have been March, rec- about March 12th, 2020. Yeah. Just before the world went crazy. Yeah. And that was what... all about cub cars and various other yep. bantery topics. Yes. Because the uh, next episode after that, 94, was scouting at home. Ah, so that makes sense. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was when I first noted us making use of the Discord server. Ah, yes. So that has been, and now we are coming up on to, what will this be, episode 117? So it's been a while. There have been a few episodes. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but anyways, good to see you again, sir. Yes, same here. Oh my gosh. So even though it's slightly misting now, we have a nice plexiglass cover, yes, so that'll uh, be... Uh, I'm happy that uh, mm-hmm. you actually have some, it's not just a pergola, it's a pergola with uh, mm-hmm. uh, a roofing, translucent roofing. Or, yes. Uh, that was our most significant material delay when we built this thing, actually. Really? Uh, well, because that was right around the time where things were starting to get into the reopening fever um, back in like summer 2020. Oh, the first time. Right. Yeah. Right. And so everywhere was putting up plexiglass barriers. Oh. So, good luck. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes sense. But this stuff was worth the wait because it cuts the UV really nicely. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. So It's that it, kind of... Yeah. It's that kind of plastic. It's actually really hilarious to like be standing out in the yard on like mm-hmm. a blazing hot summer day mm-hmm. and then come under here. And it's not really any less warm, mm-hmm. but the sunlight feels way less sharp. 
Oh. Like I don't have any other way to put it, but it's just like it feels different. It's kind of cool. Yeah. No, that's neat. Um, if we're talking con- construction projects that have happened over the pandemic, we fin- <laughs> we finally finished our deck. Ah, uh, stating yes. it. Um, uh, our deck is in uh, kind of two two tiers, and so we didn't want to bite off more than we could chew at any given time. Plus, you know, we were we had started our garden and that kind of thing, so we only did half of the the deck last year, but this year was the the chance to get in and and finish it up. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to come over for a recording, and we'll yeah we'll sit we'll all break back the and, uh, deck in at your place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. There you go. Ah, uh, little by little, mm-hmm. oh, the little things that uh, bring you back to some some normalcy. <laughs> normalcy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just realized too, like running out to over to the the pizza place to pick up a snack for for my wife there mm-hmm. um this is the first time i've seen the dude's face <laughs> like i mean i've seen his eyes plenty of times yeah there's a there's but, a lot of mask you know oh oh hey that, that's what you look like how you oh, doing <laughs> oh that's good yeah no it's you're finally getting to see people again so yep yeah we had oh. a big uh this last weekend actually was kind of crazy for us because of course with all the summer birthdays on my wife's side of the family and I mean, we have two kids of our own in that pile. Mm-hmm. We actually had like a all hands on deck gathering here. Mm. Uh, so her folks were here, her sisters, or at least as many as could make it. Yeah. Um, but then also like she had a cousin actually that lived out in Langley in British Columbia that moved to Beaumont a while back. Mm-hmm. So we invited her and her two kids to come and um, yeah. neighbors, they came and it was just like a nice time yeah and we had like five different people whose birthdays were all kind of in about this three week span so sort of a big like happy Mm -hmm. birthday to Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all um all y'all yeah (laughs) it was just nice to to see everybody and like you know even (laughs) the neighbor was i think the funniest because like he so like they they have two daughters and like i think one daughter's down visiting family in medicine hat or somewhere Mm -hmm. but uh so they and their younger daughter came over Mm -hmm. and the missus had to leave for something. She's an instructor at uh, like a post-secondary instructor. So she had something going on. She had to leave for. But uh, he'd evidently had so much fun that like when his meeting was done, he came back and oh. hung out for like another hour. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah. So that was good. And uh, then he, um, or sorry, then the next day uh, we were over at my folks' house. First time we've seen them in about a year as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, like you say, everything is sort of we're starting to see people again. Everything yeah. is kind of your 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 what is it? Your cohort is starting to expand a little bit more. The people that you wouldn't you would normally see, but haven't. You're starting to you're starting to reach out again, and yeah, that's that's all good. Yeah, well, and I mean, as people get vaccinated, comfort levels are shifting, and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's half the reason you're here. Yep. No, that's I'm um, I'm two doses in. Yay. <laughs> Me too. So and my five five G has never been better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? You're getting that? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I I and I, my I, magnetic personality. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got nothing. And I mean, Bill do, Gates might be tracking you, me, but like I, I was gonna say, are you pro uh, Bill Gates or Melinda Gates? No, or? <laughs> where are my bars, Bill? I was promised five G. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> Anywho, 
Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have uh, any thoughts for tonight's topic? Being that uh, we're the first in-person, I feel like it should be something, you know, I don't know whether it should be something heavier, <laughs> something like light and jovial and be like, hmm, this is fun. <laughs> well, you know, funnily enough, I had, uh, I, so just before you got here, I uh, dived down the rabbit hole of, um, I just started reading up on the Turks had not. Mm. And then... Um, so yeah, I started like diving down the rabbit hole of the Turks I dot. And then I thought, like, I don't know if we've ever done woggles. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm trying to think if, if we have, it was a really long time ago. Yeah. I like, just uh, like early podcast, uh, you know, episode one through 10, perhaps. Nothing I significant. Don't anything. think we've ever really dived down the analysis of what a woggle is. Well, what is a woggle? <laughs> <laughs> what what indeed is a woggle? So at its most basic, a woggle is I like Wikipedia's term for it. A woggle is a device. <laughs> and I suppose in the uh, in the absolute strictest sense of what a device is, it could be considered as such. Mm-hmm. A device need not be mechanical in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is a means of fastening a neckerchief or scarf. And at least as far, at least as far as, um, I've been able to research, the etymology of Woggle is rather particular to the scouting and guiding movement. Okay. So it would have been a word that was created, uh, or created in the in the movement or is it is it based somewhere else yeah so and i mean like there's different stories that have evidently cropped up around like the meaning of the word and mm-hmm. where it has come from mm-hmm. um yet one uh one such origin is that you know it was um intended as a rhyme for the word boondoggle but the thing is apparently in scouting literature the use of the word woggle predates any known use of the word boondoggle in mm. literature. Okay. So um, this would seem to not be the case. Uh, there have been other suggestions that, you know, maybe it was like uh, a mashup of, you know, like wiggle and wobble or waggle and wobble. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and there's some suggestion too, that it was in very limited use in a noun or in a, sorry, I have that wrong. Um, Yes, there were. There are a few other references to the word woggle before its adoption by the scout movement, possibly as a verb, mm-hmm. kind of in the vein of like waggling and wobbling. To woggle. Yes. I woggle, uh, you woggle. We all woggle. We woggle. For <laughs> boondoggles. <laughs> um, and then kind of uh, in limited use as a noun around 1900. But mm-hmm. the predominant usage has been in scouting. Um, of course, now the first neckerchiefs were tied. Yes. And credit for credit for the creation of the Gilwell Woggle in particular, which um, we'll talk about a little bit more as we go on, because of course that's yeah. ultimately where I started in this research odyssey. So credit Fair for enough. the creation of the Gilwell Woggle yeah. goes to one Bill Shankly, a British scout, um, 
and he was actually, I guess, responsible for a workshop and the development of ideas for camping equipment at Gilwell Park. Oh, okay. But he was inspired by the slides that the American scouts were using. Um, They're actually rings that were uh, made from bone or rope Mm -hmm. or wood Mm -hmm. um, and used to fasten the neckers. And actually, in BSA today, they make a distinction. If it's a Gilwell woggle, it's called a woggle. Mm -hmm. Anything else is a slide. Whereas in Scouts Canada, we muddy, and in a lot of other scouting organizations, we sort of muddy the phrasing. It's just woggles and woggles. I feel like that's all interchangeable at that point. Yeah, and we do use the term. We do use the term slides too, I think, as well. But it's Mm. mostly, you know, they're interchangeable. My my experience has always been woggle. Yeah, (laughs) you know, if you're if you're looking for it. Mm. So now, the Gilwell woggle is, of course, Mm -hmm. the classic Turk's head knot woggle. And maybe just before we get into that, there actually is a little here on Wikipedia, a little excerpt from something that Shankly um, wrote. He said, quote, They used to knot their scarves, which used to get creased and stick out at the ends. But in America, the early scouts used to plate up various stuffs to make a ring for theirs. They called it a boon doggle. I got some thin sewing machine leather belting, plated it into a neat ring, submitted it, and had it accepted. I called it a woggle. And that's the name it's known by throughout the world. Hmm. And that was actually, I guess, uh, a later interview done with him by Jeffrey or by Ray Jeffrey for a book in the nineteen uh, book published in nineteen ninety, the history of scouting in Tasmania. Oh, so evidently, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Have another book to read. There you go. You'll find the uh, and uh, you'll you'll find that uh, the term woggle was finally adapted into scouting for boys in the fourteenth edition. Mm. So, uh, until 1929, ring was used as a reference for uh, a neckerchief fastener. Although, again, it was much more common to just have it tied in a knot. Yeah. Because, you know, that was easy. So, Bill Shankly's woggle, of course, became the Gilwell woggle, um, which is, of course, you know, that very common Turk's head knot woggle that we see. Mm-hmm. These days, of course, it's presented for completing your wood badge, Right. Right. And that's sort of how we denote, it's a very quick and easy way to visually denote, you know, a... Who has completed a, a wood badge training course. Yeah, a leader yeah. who's fully trained. Yep. Um, of course, in Scouts Canada, we require you to complete your wood badge one before you're allowed to even work with youth. So pretty much all of our scouters are entitled to wear the wood badge, mm-hmm. uh, to wear the Gilwell Woggle. And then, of course, if you complete your wood badge two, then you start getting your, you start accumulating your Gilwell beads. Mm-hmm. But that's a separate topic that I think we'll table for another time because yeah. the Gilwell beads are their own bit of history. That's right. But that said, I mean, the Gilwell woggle is, you know, as noted, one woggle among many, many different kinds. Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, like within the Scouts Canada context, of course, we've used woggles and this for many, many years as ways uh well actually i I should walk that back a little bit because there was a time when woggles were a lot more straightforward like i think when you and i went through cubs there was just a cub woggle yeah i just had like a wolf head on it yeah it was a a brown leather yeah i think i still have mine somewhere with a yeah a wolf head Mm -hmm. on it right and the beaver one was a beaver yeah and so like we were in the gray sweaters when we went through cubs yes um so 
denotations of rank. I think those were the armbands, right? Uh, the yellow, the yellow the, armbands, the yellow armbands. Yeah, yeah. So, and then of course we had moved to tan uniforms by the time we got to scouts, mm-hmm. and so the scouts again, I think, had a singular woggle, but then we had the epaulets. That's right for denoting rank. Yes, I was gonna. I had I had to think about that a moment. Was it? It was just a green woggle. I believe so. Yeah. And and then yeah, you got your epaulets. Yeah. That it's a no stripe, one stripe, two stripe. Yeah. yeah. I I knew some people that used epaulets as woggles. And that was also commonplace. Yeah. That was very commonplace. Yeah. So that's where my confusion lies. Is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that it was that you were supposed to just have the green woggle and then mm-hmm. the epaulette. But it's easy well, to misplace it was a woggle because yeah. it was the other shoulder was the sash. That's true. That's true. And and then, of course, you know, well, and then, of course, like in Vents and Rovers, we had significance to single epaulette and double epaulette because, of course, we didn't have sashes for those levels. Oh, right. But we did have the significance of, you know, like having a sing- no epaulettes or a single epaulette or a double epaulette. Right. Um, and by double ep- epaulette, we mean one on each shoulder. Yes. Yeah. Um, although sometimes it was two on each shoulder if you were pulling double duty as a rover and a scouter. Yes. So... <laughs> we had a lot of fun with those. Lots to keep track of. <laughs> um, but anyways. How many hats do you wear again? <laughs> uh, yeah, too many. Um, I'm still, Jan, if you're listening, I'm still terrified of putting my name in the hat for group commissioner. Um, <laughs> Just so, say no. Yeah, well, from, from a former group commissioner to... <laughs> Just say no. Well, no, like literally like she, I was flat out like told no mm-hmm. by like one of our scouters. She's like mm-hmm. in the meeting. She turns to me. She just, you know. No. When, yeah. <laughs> you? No. Fine. Fine. Oh, fine. Jen, I'm still terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, so nowadays we do a little bit differently with the Woggles. We've kind of combined a couple of these ideas with the Woggles. Because of course we've reverted back to like the scouts are back in green and they don't have epaulets anymore. The Cubs are back in the gray sweaters. Mm-hmm. Slightly different. Um, no sashes. And so what we do now with the woggles is like with the beaver woggle, it's just the beaver still. It's just that same old leather beaver, you know, leather, leather strap, etching of the beaver on it. Classic. I don't think that's ever going to change. Uh, but then again, with the beavers, we have the tails on the hats. Right. So, you know, blue tail, brown tail, white tail. Yeah. With the cubs and the scouts, we have... The basically we've kept the the bars from the epaulets. Those are now on the woggle, oh. but they're done in slightly different ways. So on the cub woggle, uh-huh. there's it's a gray woggle now. Uh-huh. Um, it's not leather anymore. It's fabric, and there's a red stitched wolf's head. Okay. And then depending on whether you're a runner, tracker, or howler, so first, second, or third year, right? The wolf either has one whisker on each side, two. Or three. Interesting. Yes. Well, we call them whiskers, but really they're radiating lines coming off yeah. the wolf's head. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah. So depending on your rank, you have either one, two, or three lines on each side of the wolf head. Okay. And then on the scout woggle, if I'm not mistaken, it's green with like a silver, it's again, fabric, green, mm-hmm. stitched, silver scouting logo. Mm-hmm. And... Again, radiating lines. Uh, I think they're I think they're horizontal lines. Mm-mm. But and but that's a little bit different because there we don't go by years. We go by whether you're um, the troop leader, patrol leader, or APL. Right. It's so like one, two, or three lines. I think. So depending on depending on how the voting goes when you're in scouts, you could wind up 
mm-hmm. um, you know, like starting, I think, well, Ella's on this trajectory kind of like, cause she was an APL her first year. So mm-hmm. she had like one stripe, mm-hmm. but this year she's not anything. So she's back to no stripes. Um, and then, you know, who knows how third year is going to go, right? Yeah. You could like, that could be how that progresses. Yeah. <coughs> but the, I mean, it's just, again, we've kind of moved that rank denotation to the Woggle. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how it is for the Vents or the Rovers. I think those might just be more simplified, like the blue. I think now it's like a blue fabric with a silver uh, scouting logo on it. Yeah. I think is what that is. And I imagine a rover would use whatever woggle there. Yeah. <laughs> They've got lying around. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, for lack of a better. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. And I mean, that's the thing. Like woggles are quite easy to lose. And so mm-hmm. we usually try and teach the friendship knot fairly early on. Yeah. Um, because I mean, yeah, if nothing else, you can tie you that. Can tie a friendship knot and that call it good. Call yeah. it good. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yes. Um, Back now, to the Turk's head. Well, actually, no. Like, just kind of diving down the rabbit hole of Woggles a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, there are a few other sort of notable ones. One here in particular that's highlighted again on Wikipedia is uh, um, from New Zealand. Oh. The New Zealand Scout Association, they use a... Uh, these days, it's plastic. I imagine at some point it was carved. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you know, the, the artwork is a little bit similar to like what you'd find on maybe like a totem pole here. Mm -hmm. Um, it's from Maori culture Mm -hmm. and, uh, some sort of like a a mask or a head looking figure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they still use the Gilwell Wago for their fully trained scouters, Mm -hmm. but they can also use, um, like these special occasion tiki woggles, Mm -hmm. um, if they want to. And then also, again, in the New Zealand scouting tradition, until they're fully trained to the Gilwell Woggle level, leaders wear a plated leather woggle with a dome fastening. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, coming back to the Turk's Head, uh, the Turk's Head knot is actually kind of a really fascinating thing um, because there's a lot of mathematics that go into it. <laughs> uh, so the Turk's Head knot has, like the, the, the two visual components of a Turk's Head knot are the leads and the bites. So the leads are um, essentially the strands of the knot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the bites are the bumps. Okay. 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 But there's an important mathematical relation in play on a Turk's head knot. Mm. Um, basically, you can tie a Turk's head knot with a single cord if and only if the count, uh, if, yeah, if and only if the count of both leads and bites are prime numbers. Oh. So you can have like three leads and five bites or mm-hmm. five leads and seven bites. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to be prime numbers. Yes. And, uh, I never yeah. really thought of that, but I guess that makes sense. Yep. So. How big a woggle do you want? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so the, uh, the scouting Turk's head uh, at, at least, um, actually, I don't know what the count of leads and bites is on a typical scouting Turk set. I don't have one in front of me to check it, but, um, I'll, I'll make sure to include this because there is actually a way to tie one just on your fingers with mm-hmm. a single strand. Um, and I have the graphic here from, uh, I think this is from, yeah, this is from Clark Green, Scoutmaster CG. So, and he has instructions for how to do it, um, both left-handed and right-handed. 
I was going to say, I made one when I went to a Canadian jamboree. That was mm. one of the little activities that they had going on. It was around the badge trading uh, area as well. Nice. They had, they had uh, you know, make your own woggle. And they were, they were teaching how to make Turk's head knots. Nice. So that was, that was fun. So a little more about the Turk's head knot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's considered a decorative knot. And it's actually fairly ancient. Um, references to it can be found like as far back as, well, at least again, per Wikipedia, 1278. Mm. <laughs> it's been around a while. Um, the naming, of course, comes from the partial resemblance to a turban. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is also known as a sailor's knot. And in fact, one of its principal uses um, was to mark the king spoke of the ship's of a ship's wheel. Hmm. So that's the, uh, you know, if you think about like your typical mm-hmm. stereotypical ship's wheel, mm-hmm. the spoke that would be facing upright when the wheel is centered, when the rudder is centered, that's the king spoke. <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So. Um, I never really thought about a ship's wheel before. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And the <laughs> fact that it makes sense to denote the, yeah. the center, <laughs> the, the center of the this wheel. This side up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, if you think about a modern steering wheel, modern steering wheels are usually, you know, not, they're not symmetrical in any particular direct, like they're symmetrical, maybe left to right, but all, not symmetrical, like up and down or in any other way. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's very obvious on like a vehicle steering wheel, which way is up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, on a ship's wheel. I never would have. Yeah. And I, I, you know, yeah. In all my years, I never thought about that. But. No. So evidently that was another use for, uh, and of course also then known as a sailor's knot. Huh. Um, but yes, the, uh, you, you mentioned the size of them and how big one is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the Turk's head knots are actually classified according to the number of leads and bites. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also somewhat according to the method of construction. So, um, generally speaking, there are about three different categories of Turk's head knots. So there's narrows, uh, and this is where the number of leads is two mm-hmm. or more less than the number of bytes. Okay. So if you have five bytes, you have three leads or seven bytes, you might have three leads. Okay. So mm-hmm. the number of leads is at least two less than the number of bytes. And that's B-I-G-H-T, by the way, not uh, B-Y-T-E-S or B-I-T-E-S. Mm, bites. <laughs> and then there's long or wide Turk's heads. Mm-hmm. And this is where the number of leads is two or more above the number of bytes. Ew. So five bytes to three or five leads to three bytes, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And then there are the square ones where there is a difference of exactly one between the count of leads and the count of bytes. Hmm. Um, also, the number of bytes determines the shape found at the center. So, for example, three would create a triangle, four a square. So I guess a Turk's head knot, because ours are a little bit more circular, so we're probably yeah. dealing with at least five, maybe six bytes. Again, I'd have to look at one just to see it. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine so, because mm-hmm. you're... Yeah, maybe be a square or slightly larger. Yeah, I usually think of them as circular. Mm-hmm. Although like here I see an image one, one, two, three, four, maybe five. Yeah, looks like maybe five on this picture one. Anyways, so yes, the, uh, just trying to think, was there anything else I wanted to 
cover on this. So yeah, that is the, uh, just making sure I've covered everything here. So anyways, yes, that is the, um, origin of the Turks had not, or not so much the origin, because I think the origin, the exact origin has been lost to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly the, uh, and the origin of, you know, its use in a scouting context, and then also just sort of a little bit of a primer on woggles in general yeah. in scouting. Of course, the woggle is an important part, again, at least like how we do it here and different scouting orgs may vary on this, but like at least how we do it, um, certainly the woggle is an important part of the ceremony mm-hmm. of scouting because, you know, we won't just, you know, at investiture, obviously we will give a youth their necker mm-hmm. and they'll get the group badges and all of that good stuff, but they'll also get a woggle. Yep. Can't and, have a necker without a woggle. Well, yeah. I mean, you can, but. You can. We talked about that. Yes. But we do give you one. If you lose it, that's on you. Yes. And and we're not judging you for losing it. No. There are. That's happened to all of us. Um, But actually, that's another thing, too. Uh, maybe worth just mentioning, too, because some woggles are most, I mean, most woggles are horizontally oriented. Or, well, I get, actually, would you call this, what would you call that? Horizontal or vertical orientation, where the scarf is going through the woggle up and down. So the, the scarf is vertical. But the scarf would, is vertical. The woggle is horizontal. I would say the woggle is horizontal. Right. But for beavers, and I think some of the guiding neckerchiefs use this method too. Yeah. Where they kind of make an X. Yeah. The woggle like, is vertical. Yeah. And the scarf passes through it going yeah. horizontally. Yeah. Yeah. In an X pattern or like when yeah, it goes just out. Like, yeah. We just cross it over and then like the woggle snaps around it. And yeah. yeah. Um, I imagine there's a little bit more elaborate configurations possible. But anyways, yeah. So some woggles can, in fact, be vertically oriented. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's different sections within scouting and guiding that have the tradition of having the scarves pass through the woggle horizontally. I, I, I would, I'm a, I'm a well, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a traditionalist, but who really knows what traditionalists uh, would say? Uh, I'm the, uh, the scar or the necker passes vertically through it and the wobble yeah. goes around. Well, and I think that's, I mean, that's definitely how we do it for cubs and up, but I mm-hmm. think with the beavers, we've pretty much always done it horizontally. Really? I think so. At least that's the impression I get. I mean, someone mm-hmm. is welcome to correct me on that. Obviously I wasn't here 40 odd years ago when the beaver program was yeah, founded. I can't, I can't rem- I, I feel like when we were in beavers, like we were wearing our, our woggles the same way the scouts were. But then you again, I feel like right. I lost my share of woggles, so maybe <laughs> maybe wearing it, wearing it the other way is, is less prone to losing your woggle. Yeah, well, and I mean, like, certainly, you know, Elena has worn her neckerchief vertically many a time. But again, like, she can't keep a woggle on her for mm-hmm. a meeting sometimes, so she just, like, grabs whatever one she can. And then, of course, you have, like, Juliana, who not only never loses a woggle, but never takes them off her neckerchief. Like she's basically like, it's just like woggles all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, it, 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 but I mean, like I do that mm-hmm. too, actually. Like I, mm-hmm. like with mine, actually, I, and I kind of blatantly stole this from another scouter, but I liked how she was doing it. And it is kind of cool because with mine, I have a friendship knot tied fairly low on the necker. Mm-hmm. So the neck is basically just a big loop with a friendship knot right at the bottom. And then on each arm of the necker, I have like three or four woggles stacked up. 
Um, it's like, you know, my first Turk's head and then a Turk's head that my coworker left for me. And then another one that I was given by the Irish scouting troop. And then like a couple of other things. And occasionally Mm -hmm. too, like I keep a couple of like emergency woggles on there. Yeah. So like if a scouter or somebody has lost their woggle, I can be just like, snap, here you go. (laughs) Ah, the prepared scouter. Well, you know, I mean, it came in useful in investiture too once, right? Because, um, we had gotten behind on like ordering Turks head woggles to invest our scouters with. Mm. So I had to invest a new scouter, but that's okay. Because like, if you remember how we did it with the epaulets and rovers, right? Yep. You go from being a no epaulet rover to a one epaulet rover Mm -hmm. because Ian or whoever's investing you Mm -hmm. takes one of theirs off and gives it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like I liked that, right? And it's like, oh yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then it gives me a chance to like talk about some of these older traditions that have yeah. gone by the wayside as uniform standards have changed. Yeah. But, uh, so I've done that a few times too. But, and, and then of course, yeah, you know, you mentioned woggle making, like that's been a thing that we've done. Actually, we did that with the Cubs a lot this year, um, or the last couple of years we've done that with the Cubs. Uh, and this was Scouter Jackie and her intense talent for organization mm-hmm. um so she was actually inspired by the woggles that we made at so one year at the beaver hills vehicle rally they had a sort of post-lunch activity for the beavers who stuck around because the mm-hmm. beaver races don't go past lunch right it's just the cub car finals and the scout truck finals after yeah. lunch yeah um but beavers that stuck around and any cub youth too that wanted to take part uh scouts they were just making like, you know, a simple, a bead woggle, right? Okay. So, you know, you just, yep. uh, you got like these little, um, I don't know if it was like a plastic quarter, but you know, you're just weaving through beads. It's about three beads wide mm-hmm. and then you make a nice circle with it and it's oh, a woggle. Okay. Yep. Um, so Jackie took that idea and ran with it, except that instead of doing the checkerboard pattern that they were doing because mm-hmm. racing, um, she had color bars. And so like with the Cubs, we're separated into orange pack and green pack. Mm-hmm. And then within each, we have different layers also noted by color, right? Mm-hmm. So we might have like a red layer or a blue layer or gray mm-hmm. layer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you were in, say, uh, and generally, you know, like cold colors go to like the cold color layers go to green, the hot color layers go to red. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sort of easy ways for us to keep a mental track of which is which, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in red layer, your neckerchief or your, um, the woggle that she made was mm-hmm. like red, orange, red, oh, <laughs> or maybe it was the other way around, orange, red, orange, but either yeah. way, it was your pack and layer colors right on your woggle. Neat. Very, very handy. Mm-hmm. Um, because of course then instantly, you know, if we do, doing- you knew where they belonged. <laughs> exactly. And that was actually really useful because we did a lot, even before we, even before we had to get creative mm-hmm. with, you know, the restrictions, mm-hmm. um, we would often do all sorts of like complicated multi-part things where like, you know, two layers are here this night and then two layers are doing another activity and two layers are doing another activity. And then like we rotate over a span of three weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. everybody does everything, but it's like two, two and two in each place at any given time. Yeah. So if somebody shows up and it's like, Oh, you're wearing the wrong colors. You need to go here. Mm -hmm. Right. Very, very handy. Mm -hmm. But ah, all in a woggle. Neat. Yeah. So, well, I think that's about all I had. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any shout outs, good sir? Uh, no. Ah, well, I do have one. Oh, okay. And a little piece of correspondence too. 
Excellent. Let's have at it. Yes, indeed. Just pulling it up here. I think it's in the other emails. There you are. So this is from Charles Fraser. Mm. He sent in an email via the uh, website contact form. Mm-hmm. Says, hey, cool to see a document I co-authored referenced in your transcript. And he's referring to the knife permit document. Oh. Goes on, he says, we have a permit system for safe use of tools, knives, axe and saw, match and fire, and stove and lantern. There weren't any standards, so we wrote them for local use in 2012 and have been happy to share them. You never know where they'll end up. Cheers, Scott or Chuck. Hmm. And so, yeah, thank you for sending that in. I, uh, the document has indeed been shared very, very widely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously started with Scott or Chuck's group, um, I guess, back in 2012. Mm-hmm. But since then, like I've found that same document in so many places. It's like part of the bundled materials with Scouts Tracker and just like everywhere. Yeah, it's just um, surfaced. It's a good document though. Yeah. Although I got to admit, I ended up in a bit of a not quite argument or at least, I don't know. I was trying to like not have it be an argument and it kind of felt like the other guy almost was what? trying to have it be an argument. Wanted to be right. <laughs> sort of. I don't know. Like I just, I kind of got this sense. It's like... You're pushing this a little harder than it needs to be pushed. Yeah. But, uh, and this was on, I think, the Scouts Canada discussion group or mm-hmm. maybe on one of the other scouting pages that I usually share episodes to or scouting mm-hmm. groups that I usually share episodes to on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how, you know, under Canadian Path, like, do we even still have the permit system? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, we still have all the permit paraphernalia. Like, you can still order the paper, like the, permit, yeah. the certificates from the scout shop. They're currently out of stock, but I imagine they'll get more. You can yeah. still order the pins. Yeah. Um, I know my daughter is anxiously awaiting hers. Um, and he's like, oh, that's just legacy material. Like they'll sell out the stock and then they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, admittedly, like I combed through all of the different Canadian path materials mm-hmm. and the bylaws and policies and procedures and like every other standard I could find. And yeah, there's nothing in the Scouter manual. There's nothing in the program materials. There's nothing in bylaws but and procedures about, you know, you have to use an explicit permitting system. Yeah. But what it does say in BPNP especially is that, you know, only people who have been properly, properly trained, trained and the safe use of equipment can mm-hmm. use the equipment. So <clears throat> what better way to mm-hmm. ensure that they're properly trained than for them with to demonstrate system. it? I wonder how they could demonstrate it. And yeah. I wonder what kind of certificate or uh, perhaps card they could uh, receive. With. Yes. Now, I mean, in fairness, in fairness, you yes. know, it doesn't mean that you absolutely have to use the permitting system no, within course. a scout troop. Of course. Um, you know, if, if you have another means of satisfying, because ultimately it's down to your group commissioner's satisfaction, right? He's yep. the one who's signing off on the risk assessments yeah. and the adventure application forms. Yep. So if you have some other means of satisfying to your group commissioner's satisfaction, you know, those requirements that yes, these people, these scouts ha- can safely use this following mm-hmm. equipment. We've made sure that they know so, how to use it and use it safely. So we don't end up in the hospital. <laughs> right. Then great. Good on you. Go and run with it. But or, equally, if a group wants to use the permitting system, it, served well for many, many years. And it Mm -hmm. does still align with the principles of the Canadian path Mm -hmm. because it's very, very much, you know, um, it's not really any different in its implementation than like an outdoor adventure skill, right? Which is to say that, yeah. And and I think that was this guy's principal objection was that, you know, like it's too checklisty. Yeah. Which, I mean, okay, like I get it in a way, but at the same time, like, you know, if I want to earn my vertical three, guess what? I have a checklist. (laughs) I I have no skin in the game on this one. So it's just kind of like, well, I mean, it it worked. It served me well when I was a scout leader, like to you know to 
to have it in place. And yeah. I mean, it was at the time, so I guess that stands to reason. I don't know. I, I, I'd still speak highly of it. Yeah. Know. And I mean, again, like it's, you know, it's a tool. Yeah. And it's, again, it's, it's a, it's a very well-established thing and it's, yes, mm-hmm. it is, you know, ultimately Legacy, there is a checklist that to demonstrate at the end, yeah. but then too, like, you know, equally, you don't necessarily have to, you don't necessarily have to run the whole checklist down, but the training materials that have been developed around the permitting system are still excellent, right? Yeah. Knives haven't really changed significantly in literally centuries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, CR knives, uh, pod podcast uh, yeah, episode. You know, the, the, the whole concept of a short blade with a handle is yeah, yeah. fairly universal throughout time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, however you go about training for that, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I think that if, you know, you're going to have a Canadian path stamp of approval on, any particular mm-hmm. knife safety program, right? Like it just, as long as the youth are involved in the decision of how to move forward, right? Like mm-hmm. how are we going to train you to use your knife, your ax, your saw, mm-hmm. your lantern, your stove carefully, yeah. right? Um, do we, we want to use this permitting system? We've had it for a while and it works. Do we want to go about it a different way? <coughs> Here's the equipment, kids. Have at her. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's probably not the best way. I did not want sure. to be the group commissioner signing off on that one. <laughs> So we decided on a training method. It's <laughs> called, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, realistically, like within BPNP, if you are establishing a means of teaching the safe use of all this equipment to mm-hmm. your youth and you're using that regularly and the their knowledge is demonstrable by some means to the satisfaction ultimately of your group commissioner is what it has to be, mm-hmm. then great, good, you run with that mm-hmm. and if that happens to be the permitting system cool you can still order the pins mm-hmm. so they, that's they, the they haven't gotten rid of them yet no I'm still making them as far as I know um, like I say we're just Ella didn't uh, get a chance to pick them up at the last scouting event she went to so she's really quite anxious to get hers uh-huh. um, they're they're nice pins mm-hmm. <sighs> that's one of those uniquely Canadian things that we found out about right uh-huh. not uh that, that was the thing at uh, World Jamboree, right? Like right. Nobody wanted to trade for pins. It wasn't, yeah. anything, you know, nobody else used pins. It was a Canadian thing. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Pins are cool. Um, until you have like too many of them on your hat and then something hits you. And then it's painful. Then it hurts. But I digress. <laughs> All right. Well, that is, I think, the only piece of correspondence I had. Mm-hmm. Apart from what I assume is another text from my wife. And yeah, okay, cool. I can take care of that. Uh, but anyways, let me just, what's my line? <laughs> uh, so, uh, again, shout out to Chuck. Thank you for writing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, as always, a big thank you and shout out to the folks at Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide scouting audience. If you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, please do let us know. Reach out, get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Scouter Ken. Mm, yes, sir. How does one get a hold of us these days? Well... Not much has changed. Um, you can still go to scoutingstuffpodcast.com and you can leave us a voice message there. Just kind of look down to the lower right. There will be a, a little microphone icon. Um, you can definitely avail yourself of that. And also, of course, as Scouter Chuck did, um, you can hit the contact form. Very easy way to send us a message. Mm-hmm. If you prefer to do so via your preferred email client, then scoutingstuffpodcast.outlook.com or at gmail.com. I'm not picky. I check both. 
We're on Twitter, SSYSK Podcast there, Facebook and Instagram, Scouting Stuff Podcast there. And of course, you can join us on our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes. And finally, please do consider leaving us a review. Um, that is, you know, that, that is not only a way that you can, you know, make yourself known to us, make your thoughts known to us, but also make them known to other people. I mean, if you send us a note, we'll share it with the world too. But your reviews go live instantly. Mm-hmm. You might have to wait a month or so before I get around to the email <laughs> you sent me. Uh, okay. Well, good to see you again, sir. Mm-hmm. Same here. It's getting a little dark, so we should probably wrap this up. And i got to figure out what the heck is wrong with all the lights out here. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, thank you out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared.